Watson and welcome to another episode of Resilient Stories Podcast, where we share the grit and glory behind the stories of amazing people like you who have bounced back from failure university going to live their best lives on purpose. Today's episode is being sponsored by Million Dollar Business Pathway, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and to sell. If you want to learn how to tell and sell your story, go to tawatson.com under the programs and products tag, tap and click on the Million Dollar Business Pathway to get yourself started. So folks, are you guys ready for another amazing show today? Joining me, I have the one and only Dr. Mark Abraham. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Glad you can join us this morning. So before we get started with our um, <clears throat> interviews, uh, tell us about the latest that's going on with Dr. Mark and uh, um, the work you're doing. Well, thank you, Doc. I, I really appreciate uh, just having this opportunity, being on your show. Uh, I love this concept. Um, I think it's an amazing uh it's just an amazing idea that you have because I think so many people see people at that finish line, yes. but they don't understand that journey. Um, so I think that I think that's you know, excuse my vernacular, but I think that's dope. You know what I mean? I think that's awesome. Right, so, yeah, we, we both uh, from the same time period. We got it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm the president and CEO of MEA Consulting Services LLC. We we are one of the fastest growing educational consulting companies in the country. Uh, we help low performing schools, but primarily working with schools that um, are struggling with increasing graduation rates for black and brown young men. Wow. As you may know, black males and Latino males have the lowest graduation rates in the country. Yeah, unfortunately. So what, my, yeah. what my company does is we look at how you're performing and then we provide you with real practical strategies on how to increase that subpopulation that the country is saying they don't have any answers for nice. um i have a book that will be coming out this summer it's called what success looks like strategies to increase graduation rates for young men of color and it is going to be a game changer yeah. it's practical steps principals superintendents all you gotta do is open up the books and follow the game plan and i promise you that subpopulation will increase. Why is that significant? My passion is black and brown males. That's my passion. That's what I feel like I'm been put on this earth to do. But it's significant for schools around the country that are just failing and not having success. Absolutely. If you, if you look at the data, the, the, the population that is struggling the most in your school is that black and brown young man. So you have to have real practical strategies on how to increase that student performance. And I show you how to do that. So Absolutely. That's, that's awesome, Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, a few ways. If you want to reach me on Instagram, it's dr. Period, M -A -R -C -K underscore Abraham, A-B-R-A-H-A-M. Or you can email my company at mea consultants llc at gmail.com. Consultants with a S LLC at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mark Abraham. Uh LinkedIn, Dr. Mark Abraham. I'm, I'm out there. Just Google me, baby. That's, I'm here for you. That's awesome. And no excuse not to be able to contact and get a hold of Dr. Mark. Um, 
So again, if you're, if you're an educator out there, you're looking for strategies to help some of your underperforming students, whether it be black and brown students or anyone else, you want to definitely get a hold of um, uh, Dr. Mark and uh, have him and his crew come in and, and, and kind of um, help you go through the process here. So Dr. Mark, you, you know our show is uh, geared towards um, letting our, our audience know and introducing our audience to um, um, amazing people and successful people like yourselves and having you walk us through some of the challenging moments you had in your life and helping us get through um, the process in terms of how you got through it. So I'm gonna start with our first question here. And uh, first question is Dr. Mark, what's been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome in life personally or professionally? Man, when I when when you put that question out to me, because you know I'm I'm thankful, brother. You, they, his secretary sent me the question beforehand so I can look at it. I said, man, I, you know, I come from a single parent mom uh, household. I did have a stepdad for the beginning part of my life. Mm-hmm. He was very abusive. Uh, he would beat my mom. I mean, the, the man would call me stupid and dumb so much. I thought that was part of my name. Wow. Uh, and what happens when you call a young person dumb and stupid and you put them down um it, they they have they internalize that mm-hmm. so as a young man i i um i internalized that 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 that, that thought process that i i wasn't smart i wasn't intelligent um so consequently i wouldn't speak as much um and you know i think i think literacy was a big issue for me Mm-hmm. Um, thank God I was a football player. So, you know, the system allowed me to kind of push me through. But yeah. when I left out of high school, I was uh, practically illiterate. I can read, but I didn't read often and I couldn't write. I had a 1.4 GPA my first year in college. Wow. Uh, I, you know, to digress a little bit, I met my real dad when I was about 12. Uh, and I thought the stepdad who was abusive to me was actually my real dad. And that's where I get my last name from. I met my real dad at 12 after 12 years of my beginning life, thinking that one person who was beating my mom and was a terrorist was my actual dad. And, uh, that was devastating. We started to try to build a relationship and my first year in college at 19, somebody shot and killed him. Wow. Um, Wow. So you can't read, can't write. Daddy just got killed playing at division one football, get, end up getting injured, hurt my shoulder, ruptured a disc in my back. Um, and I found, I think my strength comes from prayer. Yeah. And I, and I found my strength in God and I found my strength in really accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. Absolutely. Uh, and, and really, uh, really following the principles of God to really help me be successful. But I said all that to say this, in my professional life, I think the biggest struggle that I had or the thing that kind of gut punched me uh, was when I became a principal of a high school. And this is where my work resides. Mm -hmm. Uh, I became a principal of the high school and my first year of being a principal, I got a vote of no confidence. They, the teacher said, you know, uh, he's not equipped to, to lead the school. He doesn't have the skills. And, 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 and Doc, when you get a, when you, when you put your heart and soul into something and, you know, the people that you're serving as a leader says, we reject you and we don't want you, man, that's devastating because as the leader, 
you have the power to wield the pen recklessly. Yeah. And I was in the news channel. So if you Google me, people, this is real stuff. I was in the news channel 247, Buffalo News, uh, all over the city, all over the town. People talking about how horrible a uh, principal I was. And I, and I prayed to God and I said, God, listen, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? I'm just trying to help black and brown children. We're, we're, we're in a predominantly black school. What am I doing wrong? How am I, why am I not having success? And the Lord told me, um, why do you think you're doing something wrong? Yeah. It could be that you're doing something right. Yeah. And, and, and the right you're doing causes people to get agitated. Absolutely. By the time, by the time I left my post as a principal, we had a we we started off with sixty five percent graduation rate, around sixty percent. We had an eighty seven percent graduation rate. We were cited by New York State for having one of the highest graduation rates for black males in the state of New York. Wow. We had a ninety three percent graduation rate for black males one of the highest in the country with a cohort of every, over 82 black males. Man, congratulations. Man, that, that is absolutely awesome. That's something that's uh, unheard of around the country as you look at school districts um, not achieving with our black males. Uh, Dr. Mark, I'm going to go back to, to your beginning with something you said. I had a lot of podcast guests come on and talk about some of the abuse that they endured physically as women and then being households as women where they uh, observe their mother being uh, 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 abused physically. I um, unfortunately went through the same thing, watching my father beat my mother a lot as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. As a male, I want you to talk about what that did to you in terms of feelings and emotions, seeing your mom go through such violence. What, did, what were you feeling? What were the emotions that was going through you as you had to endure and watch that? Man, I, you know, you know, to, to try to go and relive that, I I, I made a, a commitment to myself, a covenant to myself, a promise to myself. I never put my hands on a woman. Yes. That, that, like, that's a promise I made to myself. And even now, you know, former Division One athlete, 6'4", 300 pounds, still pitching 500 pounds, I, I, I remove myself from situations um, that get really heated and hostile because I don't want to be what I saw in the past. Yeah. And, you know, to talk about the emotions, man, I mean, it is a, man, it's a hard, it, it causes you to have like a sense of anxiety whenever you hear like arguments or whenever you hear, because you never know if that argument is going to lead to somebody getting beat up. Yeah. And then, and then you feel a sense of helplessness, like you can't do anything. And as a young person watching this and having the experience seeing your mom get a nose broken, you're thinking like, you know, I, I, I want to help. I want to fight back, yeah. but I can't do anything because I, I'm a small person. And then you have to love somebody who you see hurting somebody like your mama. Yes. And then, and then you get your last name from this person. And to, and, to, and to exasperate that, I didn't have to believe this person was actually my daddy. Yeah. Now you're, you're in these conflicted roles. And for me, it was very, very difficult. It caused me a lot of anxiety. It caused me 
not to speak up on things caused me to to be like you know head down i don't want to be bold because you never know when somebody's gonna call you stupid or beat you or hit you or any type of that nonsense so it is it is something that um really caused a lot of anxiety a lot of worry a lot of fear and and it was a a big betrayal for me when i actually found out that he wasn't actually my daddy yeah. you know dr um, Mark, i really appreciate you being transparent and honest about that because um uh, it's, it's never easy to share those parts of your story. I remember you said the anxiety piece, you know, I definitely had the same thing when I was listening to my mom endure it as well. Um, so as you, as a young man, as you're going through this process of watching this, what were the coping mechanisms that you turned to, to help you get through this part of your life, man? I think, I think, um, um, you know, the, the coping techniques that, we, we use when we were little and, you know, in, in Kara City, um, Florida, that's Miami, Florida, was really just kind of keep your head down, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, don't say much, so just kind of stay out the way, you know, kind of be like um, camouflage, you know, don't, don't ride it because you just, you just never know you're on eggshells all the time. Yeah. So you're just kind of like trying to do everything perfect so that you don't find yourself being the victim of that abuse. And, you know, I know it's hard for my mom, you know, with, you know, you know, you know, being a, a black family, mm-hmm. what we're told, what happens at home, stay at home, no, right? We don't talk about our stuff yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm Haitian American. Yeah. So Haitian, we, we, we have a, a culture of, you know, you know, just, we keep everything in, in private, but, you know, so I know it's hard for my mom when she hear me hear me talk about these things and put it in my book and discuss it. And she's always like, why you got to say that? Uh, and why you got to talk about like everything was bad and it, everything wasn't bad, but it definitely was traumatic and abusive. Um, and I think one of the most powerful things that I observed my mom do, and this is, you know, she was a very, she is a very strong woman. She, um, while this gentleman was at work, she was packing our bags and mm-hmm. over the period of like a year or so, and I don't know how she did it on a, you know, a low salary. Uh, she, she packed our stuff up, bought a U-Haul truck one day and was like, yo, we out of here. Wow. And she bought a house, not, not rent a house, bought wow. a house while being in this abusive relationship, unbeknowing to this gentleman who was a tyrant wow. and while he's at work, came home with a U-Haul truck, packed us all up, and we got up out of there. Uh, and that was that was just so much courage and so much strength mm-hmm. on her end uh, that I thought was, you know, just very amazing. Uh, you know, my mom ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. Absolutely. Um, and but th- I thought that was very courageous. I thought I thought that was one of the strongest things to date that I've ever seen somebody do to just be in a relationship, take the abuse for yeah. the sake of kids, save your money. Go out and talk to a banker, buy a house, yes. load it up, do all of this while still being quiet, yes. still enduring abuse, and still holding your head up high while you do it. I mean, that's that that's is true. amazing. Like, Absolutely, yeah, that that is amazing. Your mom sounds like an amazing lady as well, man. So kudos for her. You know, as you look back on this journey, did you have any one um, in the process giving you advice? You know. Um, 
to keep going and not become a victim of the circumstances where there was anyone in your ear? Um, you know, there's so many, you know, things that I, I've endured, you know, is, uh, I got a lot of stripes, man. I got a lot of, I got a lot of war wounds. And, um, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, really looking within and finding the, the, the strength within myself to be my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had coaches, uh, mentors, therapists, and one thing for black men and for any black man that's watching this, you know, a lot of black men don't grow up with their father. So then we have this hurt, like, man, my daddy wasn't there. So consequently, we don't have good relationships with older men or men in general. I would, I I would say one thing that I was able to do was find how to become a man in my coaches my mama did re- get remarried to a brother named Reggie and he, he ended up uh, passing away, you know, before his time. And, you know, I, I love him. Uh, found him as a stepdad to pour into me. Uh, and then, you know, just find good brothers that could really give you information. So it's kind of like taking pieces of mentors and coaches and pastors and really when you don't have a father figure there, you're trying to figure out how to become a man and no offense to the women, but women can't teach men how to become men. So I had to try to reach out to different men to try to find out how to become a man and still developing as a man. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, it, it wasn't just one singular person that said, keep going. It was, you know, really that idea that it takes a village to raise a child. So multiple people around me in different parts of my life that helped me in, in, in this journey. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. And uh, it, it's it's critical to have those folks in your life as well. So as you were kind of going through this through your teenage years, man, what kept you motivated and kept you going? And again, um, kept you fighting, man. Because again, it's easy to give up when you when you face with those situations and challenges. We know a lot of people who aren't in our shoes today who who did give up. What kept you from giving up and kept kept you fighting? I think not wanting to be, you know, because we were poor, man. We we were real poor. I mean, not like pretend poor where you say you poor, but you still rocking Jordans. I'm talking about uh, having to steal my first pair of sneakers, Reeboks, you know, poor. I'm talking about uh, lights not working, water not working poor. Uh, and it's so funny. I always tell my daughters and my son, I'm just like, listen, y'all don't even understand not having Wi-Fi let alone not have electricity. You guys are just, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. we, we raise them a little different. They yeah. just expect <clears throat> hit the click of the light gonna come on. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, you you, you ease that clicker up. You don't yeah. know what's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think one of the biggest things was uh, poverty, man. Poverty and abuse does something to you psychologically. You know, either you can acquiesce to it or you can say, I don't want this. And um, it was an interesting thing. I was playing Little League football. I was 11 years old, Doc. And I was on, we were one of the worst Little League teams in the, in the, in the town in South Florida. We, we, they were sorry until forever. They still sorry. Um, <laughs> but it was this white guy who came to the, uh, to the field. He played for some Division II school. And I think I was like 11 or 12. And he said, um, brother said, man, you can get a scholarship to play football. And me, you know, first generation college kid, first generation in everything. I said, what's a scholarship? Mm-hmm. They'll pay you to go to college to play football. I said, you know, 
I can't go to the military because that didn't work out for my brother. I don't want to have a baby before because uh, my sister had a baby. I'm, I'm the third one. My sister had a baby young. Uh, so I said, I got to go to college. That's my only option. So, but I said, I can't depend on my mama because, you know, mama wrote a post-dated check for a $5 field trip. Uh, you know, you get that later. Post-dated check for a $5 field trip. Yeah. I knew good and well she wasn't going to pay for no college. I just said, I got to do this myself, right? Uh-huh. So I got <laughs> home and said, listen, I'm going to get me a scholarship to go to college and play football. And my mama looked at me like, well, that's what you want to do. Um, and then, so that was kind of like the thing that drove me was, you know, I didn't even really care to go to the league. That was everybody else's idea for me being 6'4 and big. My idea was leave home, not be in poverty no more, and, and go get some uh, college education uh, so that I, I can be successful in life. And that was my whole my whole mindset. So all the pain, all the, all the struggles I went to, the, the, the golden carrot in front of me was like, I got to get to college because I got to make a better life for myself. Yes. And, that, and that's what drove me. And, and, and I had everything around me. So one thing that is powerful, when you make a decision, like this is what you're going to do, period. I don't care what the decision is going to be. Once you make a decision, your brain is so powerful. Your will and your spirit is so powerful. Once you say, this is the direction I'm going in, all of the universe is going to align with you to get you there. If you are completely sold out and committed to that decision, right? Like if you're wavering and you're vacillating, moving back and forth on your decisions, then you're not going to get it. But once you make a decision and say, I'm going here and I'm going to get a scholarship, that's that's what happened. And I was, man, listen, I was big, but I was sorry, man. I was I was getting ran over all the time. Uh-huh. And because uh, I was 11 playing 150s. If you know what pounds is, that's the highest pound you can play. Uh-huh. And I had a coach, Coach Choppy, who never gave up on me. He said, man, listen, you're going to get this after a while. But my mind said, I'm going to get a scholarship. Yeah. And by the, by the time I graduated high school, I had about 18 scholarships on the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went to the University of Buffalo. They were sorry my first year, too. We ended up winning the MAC championship at the end of the uh, so people, if you listen to this, Dr. Abraham know how to win. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's good, man. That's a good point. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish at. That's right. It's how you finish, man. And, and that's been my whole my whole perspective. And I feel like we all over. So, uh, you know, just kind of rein me uh, in, man, where you want me to. Uh, no, I mean, you, you're doing well, man. And, and, and what you're saying is profound. It's going to help a lot of people out there. So, you know, because we have a lot of folks who went through a lot of challenges in their early adolescent years and teenage years. Um, so as you think back to your challenges you face in those, um, because th- those are the years that really shape us as people, as a mm-hmm. person. Um, how did those those years of uh, struggle impact and shape who you were um, today and and, and <clears throat> after you left it? How did it shape you? Man, pain has made me stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like working out, and I always tell people don't 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 forsake the days of small beginners. Don't like don't 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 be so mad at your parents or mad at your past or, or angry with the things or the abuse you went to. Cause a lot of times that abuse, that pain, that hurt is called, is meant to make you better, right? Like when, when, when I got a vote of no confidence and they were talking slanderous about me in the, in, in, in the news and just land based on me, I had to pull on my pain to get me through it. What you mean? Like I had to say, well, I have friends who got killed by bullets. My daddy was killed by bullets. <clears throat> killed. 
these emails ain't gonna kill me. Right. That's right. 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 Like I had to go through boot camp and and, and have people trying to knock my head off every single day in football, so I can get through this right now. That's right. Uh, my ancestors are from Haiti and they had to revolt and, and they had to go through pain. And my mom struggled living, a, uh, 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 being in a job that's making better uh, minimum wage. And she was able to do this. And, and I seen all of this happen. So I got pulled on that strength. My daddy wasn't there. So because he wasn't there and I had to deal with the pain of not knowing why he didn't love me enough to stay in my life and claim me as his own. That pain caused me to say to my daughters and my my son, I ain't going nowhere. I don't care if right. me and your mama don't work out. I don't care. I'm going to be here for you. So oftentimes right. for me, Doc, the thing that has helped me the most, and it might sound weird, but it has been me being able to draw from my pain, right. recycle my pain to propel me to the future because pain and, and stress like any other pain and stress in the weight room or in, it is there to make you stronger. You, you got to use that pain for your benefit and don't be a victim to that pain. That's beautiful, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that as well. So when you reflect back today as a successful uh, 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 man, doctor and everything else, accomplished man, what would you do differently on your journey? Would you do anything different as a teenager or anything else um, coming out of there? <clears throat> um, it's hard for me to say that I will do something different, right? Because all of the, you know, like, you know, I think my boy Jay-Z said, and I paraphrase <laughs> it, he said that, you know, I want to say sorry for my sins, but my sins is who made me right. who I am today. Yeah. So I would want to say I would do something differently, but where would that put me? I don't know. Yeah, I, You know, like, I, I, I have overcome literacy issues I, I couldn't write and i can write now i couldn't i, I didn't read but i read now yeah uh, i'm the first generation first person in my family to get a bachelor's degree let alone get two masters and a doctorate degree nobody thinking like that in my family um you know yeah i own things now I'm, I, I i own my own company now so you know although i have proclivities and although i have things that i had to overcome those things you know, are the reason why I am today. Not perfect by a long shot. And thank you for calling me accomplished. I don't feel like I've accomplished enough yet. I'm still working like it's my first day. Like I like I got an associate's degree. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> because, you know, my passion says I need to I need to help more young men and more school systems to say don't 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 dismiss this young prince this young king in the making that you have in front of you use me as an example use dr watson as an example that we have overcome and in the right circumstances in the right condition that young man could become a flower that young man could be brilliant he right. has brilliance on the inside of him i couldn't read so don't tell me that if a kid can't read on third grade level, there'll never be nothing. Right. Don't tell me because they skipping school right now because I skipped a lot of school. Sorry, mama. I skipped a lot of school. Okay. Don't tell me because a kid skipping school, they won't be something right now. Don't tell me because a kid's stealing, they won't be something right now. Don't tell me because they had a, 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 a teen pregnancy, they won't be something right now. If, if, if you love them and, 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 and believe in them and, and mentor them and guide them, they will be something. And, and I need 
educators who are listening to me, I need you to see the young people that you have in front of them, see them as doctors, because that's me. That's right. Dr. Watson. But, but if you looked at us when we were back then at 11, 12, 10, 9, you wouldn't have seen doctor on the inside of me. I had a teacher one time said, tell me, a PE teacher on top of that, nothing gets physical, physical education teachers, but she said, your brain is so small, you it must be smaller than a retarded gnat. Wow. That, that's what you say to a kid because he asked to play basketball. And uh, but and again, I, I had a stepdad that was calling me dumb and stupid. So it's kind of, you know, they link. So now you hesitate to speak. You feel yeah. not confident. You don't want to speak up because you can't find your voice because these people keep beating you down. Right. So, you know, it, it's see those children you have in front of you as special. Yes. See them as brilliant because they are. Because they, they could be the next Dr. Abraham. They could be the next Dr. Watson. They could be the next uh, Barack Obama. They could be the next um, whoever. And it doesn't have to always, you know, fit in the box of athletics or entertainment. They could be a scientist. And it doesn't matter where they started from because you don't know the past that caused them to have the trauma that they're dealing with right now. Your job is to love them through it. That's right, man. And very well said, man. And I, I can't thank you enough for that. And it's so true. If you educators out there listening, don't give up on those young men and young women. They can do anything that, that they set their minds to do. And you need to set the expectation to believe in them as well. So, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Mark, we're coming off a year 2020, man. It's been tough for a lot of folks. People have lost homes, loved ones, uh, money, um, employment, lost hope. Um, what words of wisdom can you give those folks to let them know that things are going to change someday? What words of advice can you tell those folks out there to hang on Things gonna get better. I would say, um, don't don't lose sight of your dream. Like your the answers to the problems, no matter if it's a pandemic, no matter what it is, the answers to your problems. And it might sound cliche. It might sound like, oh man, I don't know. The answers to your problems are within you. That's right. Like really take the time to be reflective oftentimes the world kills our image maker that's our imagination god gave that to us right that imagination is so powerful and and, and if you lose that imagination that image maker to create the world you want to see you, you you're going to be hopeless but but there's there's dreams on the inside of you. There's there's goals on the inside of you. There's prosperity on the inside of you. And take the time to look within. Close your eyes and remember when we used to say, "When I grow up, I want to be this. When I grow up, I want to do this." Continue with that passion. Continue to look within yourself and say, "When I grow up, I'm going to be X, Y, and Z." And never lose that because once you lose that, it's a wrap. And don't let anything you see with your physical eyes deter you from what you see with your spiritual and your mental and your imagine, imaginative eyes. Because that's where the power is. Because this brother, Dr. Washington right here, if he didn't have an imagination, if he didn't have a dream, if he didn't look it within himself, he wouldn't be this wonderful man that you see in front of you right now with all them books and you know with the thing on this he wouldn't be doing this right now it was everything around him that caused him to that 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 allured him that said take this distraction take this distraction take this pitfall but he didn't take it and the same thing with me there's all these things that have been obstacles in my life and i'm trying to give it all in this 
15 minutes that I'm talking to you, is all these obstacles that have, you know, been in my life, not being able to read and write, 1.4 GPA in undergrad, crying to God, saying, God, show me how to read and write. Uh, that is a, I had to teach myself how to do that. I had to teach myself how to write a thesis statement, but I believed in myself. That's right. I looked within and believed in myself. My, brother, I left, the, I left the job, you know, they were paying me 120,000 base right. salary. And I said, <clears throat> I, I want to do more. I've done what I was supposed to do here. I followed my heart within and said, I'm going to step out on the water. You never know, uh, Doc, if you can walk on water unless you step out of the boat. That's right. That's right. I gave yeah. that for free. Man, that, that, that is well said. Folks out there, if you're not excited after hearing Dr. Mark, man, I'm not sure what's going on with you, though. But again, Dr. Mark, um, if people want to get a hold of you again, uh, tell the folks out there how to get in touch with you. Man, I'm accessible to you. Email me, MEA Consultants with an S on the end, uh, LLC at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, Dr. D-R period, M-A-R-C-K underscore Abraham. Uh, Twitter, you can tweet me, inbox me. Don't make it weird with the inboxes, though. You know, just don't make it weird. I love <laughs> you, just don't make it weird. Inbox me. I love to talk to you. I love to come out to your organization. I love to help your school. I love to motivate your young men. Call me. I'm here for you anytime, any place. Let's go. Man, I love it. I love it. So, Dr. Mark, we talked about some tough stuff here. You ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, <clears throat> this is this portion of our show is called Rapid Fire Purpose Questions. I'm going to ask you a number of questions around purpose. I'm not going to elaborate on the questions. I want you to give me and the audience your best answer. All right. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Dr. Mark, tell us how you give us an example of how you turned a dream into reality. <clears throat> oh, boy. I, I, my, my, my company, uh, I, I have a dream that black and brown young men we will close the achievement gap. We'll close the graduation gap. Uh, and we will we will make that happen. And so my dream is to go around the country and uh, help failing organizations do that. And consequently, I turned my dissertation into a book that got picked up by a publisher. Uh, my goal, and it helped me with my goal, my goal is to be in 37 cities talking to educators around the country. I'll be in Utah in a couple of weeks. I'll be in Rochester in a couple of weeks from now. So that's two. I need 35 more cities. Holla at your boy. I'll be there for you. Right. All right. What gives your life meaning? Uh, my, my children, uh, my faith in God, and, and the work that I'm called to do. That gives my life meaning. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your time? I would be doing what I do now because, like I told you, uh, I left a position that was paying me good money. And so for me, passion and purpose is more important than money. Money will always come. But when you find something that just gets you fired up, like I can do this all day. We could talk. If you really want to talk, we could talk for another three, four hours, brother. Give me a sip of water and we just keep going. I can do this all day because this is my purpose. This is my passion. This is what I love to do. Yeah. So, you know, this is what gives me, uh, this is what I, I'm doing, what I love to do. I follow my dreams. Yeah. Folks, follow your dreams. I understand money's tight, I understand, but don't let money be your God. Money will tell you go left, you go left. No, let your dreams and your passion be your God. Yes. What word best describes you? <clears throat> oh, man, I think uh, whew, passionate, hardworking, intelligent. I mean, all. Good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think passionate. I think passionate. I think passionate. Passionate about stuff. What problem do you want to solve in our world? 
I, yeah, I, I think you know the answer to that is I want I want black and brown young men to get the same quality education, have the same graduation rates as their counterparts, which is white males, because um, I want them to be I want their posterity to be better. I want us to take positions of leadership and, 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 and be able to be a value add to the country more than just dancing and singing in athletics. Absolutely. What was your favorite thing to do as a kid? <clears throat> uh, favorite thing to do as a kid? Probably hang out with my boys and, and, and play basketball out, outside of the house. We had a little, a little raggedy basketball court, uh, and we would just go out there and play basketball and just, you know, just be kids, man. Just no, no worries uh, when you're out there playing for four or five hours, playing football and all that other stuff. That's right. What do you wish you had more time to do? Um, well, I wish I had more time to do, man. That's a great question, man. You're talking about rapid fire, man. It's, um, I would say I wish I had more time to travel and really just see the world. Um, and I like going to different places. I like learning about different cultures. I like listening to different, uh, music and eating different foods. So I wish I had more time just to travel the world not just, uh, the United States. What does your 15-year-old self imagine you'd be doing right now? Ah, 15-year-old self. I would imagine that I would probably be playing. Oh, well, I'm older now, so probably been playing football or doing that for the rest of my life. I don't know, maybe something like that. <laughs> All right. Who inspires you the most? Ah, who inspires me the most? Wow, that's a great question. Yo, let me tell y'all something, man. You on this podcast, these are not just easy answers that you you know said, Dr. You know, I get I get inspired, you know, you you, you know, I get inspired by so many people, man. I, you know, I get inspired by uh Jay-Z. Uh I like what he's doing. I get inspired by Dr. Creflo Dollar. Uh there's a brother you had on your show, Principal Cafele. I get inspired by him. Uh, I get inspired by the, the, the courage you have, Dr. Watson, to, to do all the things you're doing. So there's so many things that inspire me uh, to, to keep being motivated. And um, the thing that really drives me the most is just when I continue to see failure in schools and I know it shouldn't happen. Absolutely. That's good. What's something about yourself that might we might be surprised to learn about you? Uh, I'm bilingual. People don't know that I speak Creole. And I speak it fluently. I was in the DR and I was talking to all my Haitian brothers and sisters. <laughs> That's and my, what buddy next, my buddy next to me said, you know, uh, man, I thought you was a fake Haitian. No, nah, brother, I'm a real Haitian, man. So sock pot say to all my zoes out there. And I got that Southern dialect. So I, you know, I gotta, they don't think I can speak Creole, man. So I, I can roll with the best of them, man. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. What's on your bucket list to do, bucket list to do within the next year? Well, I told you, I, I want to be in about 37 cities. I want my book to be a bestseller. Um, you know, I, I, I really want to see impact made on this graduation rate this year for black males around the country. This, this, that, that's what I want this year. But 37 cities, folks, I got two out the way. We need 35 and we're going to make that book a bestseller uh, published by Roman and Littlefield. What's something you'll spend your time doing no matter what? Working out. I lift weights, man. I'm an avid weightlifter, man. I, I'm still, hey, Doc, I'm still punching 500 on a bench press. Come holler at me, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's good. That's good. Hey, so listen, young people, don't think, 
Don't ever let the suit fool you now. You know what I'm saying? They still got the strength. You know, the, they see me in the gym. They say, man, you man, you should be out on the football field. Them young boys would kill me, man. I couldn't be, I could get you probably one snap. <laughs> I hear y'all. I'm with you all there. What what do you want your grandchildren to say about you? <clears throat> oh man, I, you know what's so interesting, Doc? And this is just a little bit of detail. I know you said rapid fire. Man, I never even because I had so many people that got killed and died. Like, I didn't even really think I was going to make it to this age. Like, I didn't even think that was even possible because, you know, my daddy died. My stepdaddy died in his 40s. My two best friends got killed. So to be where I'm at right now, I never even dreamed about it. So when you say grandkids, it's even as a, 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 a an established doctor and all this, life is fragile, right? So... Man, I, I hope they say that, you know, granddad left us uh, some wealth, financial wealth, you know, and that, you know, he was a man that followed his dreams and, and uh, he made our name something special around the world. That's good. That's good. I like that. If you were a superhero, what would your power be? <clears throat> oh, I'm a superhero, man. I am a superhero. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my superpower would be probably superhuman strength. I'm real strong. Um, that, that'd probably be my superpower. Okay. What sparks your creativity? Love sparks my creativity, man. Love for the community, love for the work I do. Uh, when I, when I, when I look at something, I say, man, how can we make this better for kids? How can we make this better for the people that are actually working there? That's really what sparks my creativity. Uh, God is love. Love is the most powerful force in the world. So love is what drives the work that I do. If I'm, if I'm not in love with it anymore, I, I, just, I can just walk away with it. But when I'm in love with something, the creativity, the, 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 the genius flows better. Well said. If you became president today, what law would you pass first? President today would love <laughs> 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 President Day, what law would I pass first? Um, oh, golly. Shout out to President Biden uh, and uh, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, man, that's a good one. I, I, I would pass a law that, you know, maybe maybe the law I would pass is that police officers cannot, you know, they, 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 they can't wear guns or weapons. They have to have to talk their way through situations. I think we see too many black and brown young men getting killed in the streets uh, senselessly. And, you know, we, we use violence as an answer when really oftentimes folks need, they need mental health services and not bullets. Very well said. If you could follow someone around for a day, who would it be and why? <clears throat> Ooh, man, I got to say, yo, I got, man, that's, that's great because there's so many people, you know, I'm thinking about like T.D. Jakes, Dr. Creflo Dollar, President Barack Obama, Jay-Z, uh, man, which one would I follow around? Um, I, you know, I got to say, but you know, Brother Barack, man, you still working, man? Well, I got to know if you're still doing something, man. Yeah, okay. He's on some dark forces out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I would have to say Brother uh, Obama, right? Because he, he, he's done something 
and the first to do something that the country has never seen and just the amount of wisdom and knowledge he has about world events not just local events and, and country ride events but just really around the world would would just be amazing and, and just to see you know the energy he has and just to see that level of success uh Bill Gates too, man. I'm like, come on, man. I just, it's so many, man, because I got so many buckets, you know what I mean? So, but I got to say my brother Obama, and then Bill Gates, and then probably uh, T.D. Jakes, or Dr. Dollar, and then Jay-Z. He'll be the okay. last one on the list. Sure, they listen out there. Make sure y'all contact Dr. Mark there, all right? Y'all at me, man. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be your shadow. I'll, I'll pay my own way, too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What do you love to do for others? Oh, a few things I love doing, man. Like, so... I go to restaurants to eat sometimes. And well, a lot of times I like to go out to eat. And oftentimes I would see people <clears throat> um, like a couple or just somebody eating by themselves. And I like to pay their bill for them. Um, you know, that's I tell you a story. I was, I went to go to lunch. I just, I just need to clear my air. And I was like an hour away. And this older white man was eating lunch by himself, eating dinner. And it was a nice restaurant, Doc. It wasn't like no shabby. It wasn't no, nothing against Denny's, but it wasn't Denny's. It was like a $100 plate dinner restaurant. And um, I seen his brother eating there by himself. And I told the waitress, I said, hey, bring me his bill. I didn't know how much it was. I was hoping it wasn't like $500. You know, what did he order, right? Uh -huh. But anyway, I paid for his bill. And the lady was like, do you mind if I tell him? And I said, I don't mind. I'm about to leave. And he looked at me and he said, man, what's up with that? Old white guy, this big black guy, I'm in a sweatsuit. He's like, what's up with that, man? And I said, man, I just want to do something nice for somebody. Doc, he put his head back like this and he just like, looked like he just sat in his chair. He's like, man, thank you, man. I, I, I just really appreciate it. Gave me a fist bump and everything. But it's just giving the people when they don't expect it just yeah. really helps my heart. Man, that's, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, what's been the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, uh, whoa. I think, you know, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm a go-getter and that I'm hardworking mm -hmm. and, and that I'm intelligent uh, because I was told when I was younger that I was lazy, right. that I wasn't smart that I was dumb. So when somebody says, man, Dr. Abraham, man, you, you really that dude, you'll go right. get it, you're passionate, and we love that energy. And or when somebody says, hey, Doc, I want to follow you um, and I want you to mentor me. Those are like some of the biggest compliments that I've received. That's good, man. Um, what's one thing you have never been afraid to do? Never been afraid to do? I've never been afraid to just jump in, no matter what it is. Yeah. If it's jump, if it's jump in the water, jump in the fight, jump into anything, man. Let's. If I'm going, I'm going uh, face first, feet first. I'm not. I'm not tiptoeing in. I'm. I'm all in. I'm an all in person. That's what I'm talking about. What moment from your childhood are you most proud of? I think the moment that I'm most proud of is getting uh offered a scholarship um you know and having my mom and my stepdad be there signing that paper with me and having the news there just it was like a great feeling okay dr martin last but not least how do you want to be remembered in history 
Man, these are some great questions. Uh, I want to be remembered as the person who was a trailblazer who had the courage to do things that other people didn't have the courage to do and to speak on things that other people weren't able to speak on, to really be the one, that one who started this, you know, this kind of like this snowball effect and making a demand on the system that, you know, graduation rates will increase for black and brown uh, young men. Uh, and I want to be remembered as an old man. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dr. Mark, you survived. Give yourself a round of applause, brother. Excellent job, man. Folks Thank out you. there, you should be very inspired after hearing Dr. Mark Abraham share his story with us. Uh, Dr. Mark Abraham, if, if folks want to get in contact with you again, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram, dr. period M-A-R-C-K underscore Abraham, A-B-R-A-H-A-M. Hit me on Twitter, Dr. Mark Abraham. Uh, email me, M-E-A consultants, LLC at gmail.com. The S after consultants. And remember, I have this uh, this best-selling book. It ain't out yet. Be out this summer. Uh, what's what success? That's right. Strategy to increase graduation rates for young men of color. I am coming to a city near you. Email me, inbox me. I got 37 cities. I got two down. I need 35 more to go. And I can't wait to come to your school, your organization, wherever you want me. I'm coming to have a conversation with your folks and to show them how to make this possible. That's what I'm talking about. So folks out there, if you're excited, reach out to them. So Dr. Marcus, we close things out today. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to focus on two things, resiliency and purpose. What closing thoughts can you leave our audience here? with around resiliency and purpose? I think if your purpose is big enough, if your why is strong enough, it bursts resiliency. Yes, I like that. So if you want resilience, find the purpose, find your why, find the reason why you were created and the resilience will come. That's what I'm talking about, man. Very well said. Thank you, brother. Uh, folks out there, if you are someone who is an overcomer, have an amazing story, let us know. We want to hear from you. Go to TAWatson.com, subscribe to our podcast, Resilient Stories, download it, rate it, share it with your folks on social media. And again, everyone, we want to thank Dr. Mark for joining us today. Everyone out there, God bless, peace, and do truly, Dr. Watson. My